Hello and welcome to the Stay Healthy Experience. I'm Robert Ferguson and today we are going to talk about insulin. How much do you understand or know about insulin? We're also going to jump into type 1 and type 2 diabetes. We're going to share information on how you can reverse it. That means no longer will you be a type 2 diabetic. We're then going to jump into a little confusion around what foods to eat for diabetics and what foods are okay to eat. So we're going to talk about the glycemic index. So you don't want to miss that. And I am going to kind of go to a whole nother level and talk about this thing called B12 deficiency. So we're going to talk about vitamin B12. This is information that may pertain to you. It definitely is something that every person who wants to be a vegan wants to know about. And there may be some exciting things that follow that, but let's get this party started. Joining me in studio, as always, is Miss Barbara, uh, Barbara Chris. Yes. BK. Did you forget my name? I almost did. <laughs> I, I wanted to go like BK, and uh-huh. then I didn't, but I was thinking about it. Yeah. Because I wanted to talk about BK for Burger King. Always. All right. That's right. But anyway. Yeah. So today is good. Uh, we're going to have a really good show. Yes. Uh, I'm very excited to get the ball rolling mm-hmm. and talk about something called vitamin B12. Okay, so uh, vitamin B12, Mm -hmm. why I'm bringing it up is because it's something that many people are finding themselves deficient of. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to read through some of the symptoms for people who may be deficient with B12. Okay, Okay. vitamin B12. Right. Okay, Mm -hmm. if you're experiencing loss of muscle, that may be a sign that you're deficient with B12. If you're walking around feeling fatigued, how many people do we know that are walking around just, feeling fatigued? Just about everybody, it seems <laughs> okay. like, especially this time of year, right? <laughs> so you may be deficient with vitamin B12. Yeah. Uh, people who are forgetful, and uh, they're blaming it <laughs> on their age. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many people do you know that are complaining all the time about how they, they're starting to forget things? I mean, I am. <laughs> really. No, I mean, me too. Yeah. I mean, the other day, I literally got up uh-huh. and I knew I was going to the store. I was very clear mm-hmm. on why I was going <laughs> to the store. I get to the store. And? And I forgot what I came to get. <laughs> and I remember being really focused. And then uh-huh. I started walking back to my car and I realized what I was missing. And it was vitamin B12. <laughs> <laughs> no way. <laughs> that is funny. And uh, CoQ10, which also uh, helps with memory. Yeah. So I forgot. It could just be that you're juggling a lot, a lot of things on your plate too there, right? Well, it could be. Yeah. But, you know, for people who are forgetful or they're finding that that's now a big part of their behavior, mm-hmm. it could be because they're lacking vitamin B12. Okay, gotcha. Uh, pins and needles. Um, oh. Basically, two little oxygen um in the red blood cells. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of people who are complaining, like maybe they sit on their leg a little bit, like, and they feel like they get these pins and needles. Right. Or maybe they're referring to fibromyalgia or some other condition okay. that has that as a symptom. That could be that they're lacking B12. Oh. Uh, pale skin, mm. dizziness, you know, so let's say you find yourself, you get up a little bit too quick mm-hmm. um, and you find that you're a little dizzy. Uh, you may be thinking, you know, I think I'm hungry or my blood sugar levels are low. Right. Could be that. Yeah, yeah. But it could be the fact that you're 
low on your B12. Oh. Uh, anxiety and depression, Barbara. Jeez. How many people do we know that are dealing oh with God, that? Like right now, everybody. <laughs> uh, changes in the tongue, like soreness. Like, for instance, if you have someone who's complaining about soreness around the back of their tongue or the oh, side wow. of their tongue, that could be a lack of uh, B12. Mm. Uh, vision changes, you know, like the okay. blurriness uh, could also be a sign oh, wow. that you're deficient with B12. Mm -hmm. And then weight loss. Ah. Um if you're deficient with B12, you could be losing weight. So oh. if the weight loss is coming out of nowhere, it could be that. Mm -hmm. um, many people feel like they're just lacking energy uh, right. are the ones that I notice that are deficient with B12. Right. Mm -hmm. And the best part is you can go to your doctor, you can get it checked. Mm -hmm. So you can find out exactly. Um, one of the things that I find the most interesting about vitamin B12, uh -huh. because once in my life I was a vegan. Mm -hmm. um, and I learned a lot about vitamin B12 right. because people are always saying, if you want to get vitamin B12, you need to eat more meat. Right. So you were vegan for quite a while. Yeah. Too, right? Like 10 years vegan yeah. uh, in the field for much longer than that, mm -hmm. uh, leaning towards more of a vegetarian life. Mm -hmm. uh, but I know the importance of eating a variety of food. Mm -hmm. um, and when I created the uh, multivitamin that I've shared with you. Right. I made sure that it had the right amount of vitamin B12 in it. Oh, nice. So people can go to our website, our store, and learn more about that vitamin. Right, right. Um, because I believe everyone would benefit from supplementing their nutrition with vitamin B12. Mm -hmm. So, like, if you went to the gym yeah. and you noticed that you're not as strong, mm -hmm. right? Let's say, I mean, like, on a lap pull down, how much are you pulling down? Oh, well, it depends. I could pull down you could lie. 50 pounds. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it's more than 50 pounds. Okay. <laughs> and then you go and you went to lift and you notice that you're nowhere near that yeah. strength, right? Mm -hmm. Then that could be a sign that you're deficient with vitamin B12. Mm -hmm. um, again, I believe everyone would benefit from it. Yeah. What most people don't know, and it was surprising to me, mm -hmm. when I started looking at vitamin B12, I was assuming... That animals, since everyone's saying to eat animals, mm -hmm. they create it. It's just part of who they are. Oh, what'd you find? Well, vitamin B12 is not, it, it's, you find vitamin B12 naturally. Right. In the water. Mm. Because vitamin B12 is the outcome of bacteria. So mm. vitamin B12 occurs naturally before we came in and started you know, revolutionizing everything. Right. Vitamin B12, if you went and drank water that was not touched and it was fit for human consumption, right. you would get vitamin B12. Mm -hmm. If you were growing your own food mm -hmm. and the vitamin B12 is part of the soil, right. then in the food that you grow, you would be eating it and be getting plenty right. oh, so of vitamin B12. You'd accumulate it that way. Right. Mm -hmm. The sad part is that as a result of all of the processing mm -hmm. and the fact that we don't have water naturally and we process the water as well, right. vitamin B12 isn't there. But many foods oh. supplement with vitamin B12. Right. Uh, you can go get shots, vitamin yes. B12. Mm -hmm. um, and vitamin B12 now, yes, you can get it by eating animal because mm -hmm. it's inside the tissue of the animal. Right. But they're even being supplemented. Oh, my goodness. So vitamin B12 is one thing that I recommend everybody take. Supplement. Take yeah. a multivitamin 
And there's some vitamin B12s that are out there, mm-hmm. you know, in the uh, content that we've provided. Uh, I list the exact ones to look for. Oh, okay, good. But vitamin B12 is something that I strongly recommend. Yeah. Now, share with us. I mean, I don't know what comes to mind with you because being yeah. around a lot of athletes. Yep. And they're not eating a lot of food. They're mm-hmm. feeling a little weak <laughs> in the fitness world. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've met many fitness competitors yep. that went would get like B12 shots. In fact, I actually did. Okay, I actually well, tell did. us all about it. And um, <laughs> I was it was during a prep, and yeah, I just I'm feeling exhausted. And I think the main thing I went there for was just just that feeling of fatigue. And a lot of other my friends had been going and getting the the shots, the like the drip, the IV drip that B12 is part of that. Um, and I have to say it was it was amazing. You felt the difference after getting it? I did. Like yeah. like immediately? I don't want to say immediately, but definitely the next day and maybe the next day after that where I actually did a workout and felt that I was just rejuvenated. Um, so it was helpful. But I, I didn't make it a routine thing, um, but I just wanted to give it a try because just like you said, it was a... It's a popular thing to do. And I again, I, I can't stress it enough that yeah. people <clears throat> want to look and make sure their multivitamin has it. Yeah. If not, look at other alternatives. Mm-hmm. Um, we know s- through stats that over 90% of Americans, okay, or people that live in North America, uh-huh. are not getting an adequate amount of B12. What's that percent? Like, like over 90 percent. I believe I read 96 percent. Dang. And we're not talking about a lot. We're looking at like two micrograms. OK. Of B12 like a day. Right. And if you're eating a variety of food, like I've never experienced being deficient in vitamin B12. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of it is because I eat a variety of food. Yeah. And I do take my multivitamin that I created. Maybe that's why. <laughs> um, but it's something that everyone I strongly recommend they look into it. Um, another thing that I learned recently as huh. I've been looking at gut bacteria, right? Yeah, yeah. They now believe that our healthy gut bacteria mm-hmm. will create vitamin B12. Oh, right? nice. Yeah. So vitamin B12. So oh. again, it's going back to gut bacteria mm-hmm. because that's where it gets produced. And then through the small intestine, it gets released into the bloodstream. Uh, it's all full circle, right? It's all full circle. Jeez. So it goes back to like, are you eating a variety of food? Right. Um, don't get in the habit of just eating one type of food all the time. Right. And many people, when they're dieting, that's what they want to do. Mm. But vitamin B12 is your friend. So that's why you're asking also about my dad with respect to, is he supplementing with B12 because of some of the medication that he's taken in the past and how it could have disrupted, potentially disrupted his microbiome. Right? Correct. Ah. And they know that with metformin, which we talked about in the last episode, yeah. metformin is uh, one of the, the side effects is that you become deficient with vitamin B12, ah. which goes back to creating that disturbance in your microbiome and mm-hmm. your gut bacteria mm-hmm. that puts you in a position where you're not able to produce the vitamin B12 that can then get released into, you know, wow. your bloodstream. It's so, just, Wow. So vitamin B12 is your friend. It's definitely our friend. See, yeah. B. I got the, actually, I got the B. There you go. So you? when we say BK, we're now referring to That's right. vitamin B. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So there you have it, everybody. So Boom. if you want to know a little bit more about vitamin mm-hmm. B12, read the information that we have provided in the comments below. And don't forget to subscribe and like, right? Because we want to get the word out so we can educate people. Heck yeah. Um, okay. So it's time to move on, Barbara. Let's go. Um, diabetes. 
yeah. has grown, it's at an all-time high. And there are no signs mm-hmm. that type 2 diabetics, mm-hmm. we're going to see a, a um, fewer people getting it. We know that there's close to 100 million people that are pre-diabetic right now walking around North America. Yes. We know that there's nearly 40 million people Mm -hmm. that are living with type 2 diabetes. Now, when you look at diabetes, as you break it down, you have type 1 and you have type 2. Right. Somewhere around 90, 95% of the population, when we're talking about diabetes, are type 2. Yes. And there's that small group that are type 1. Mm Mm-hmm. So you and I were talking about, and I was yeah. like, you know what? Let's educate people both on type 1, type 2. But in order to do that, they yeah. must understand this thing called insulin. Yes. Because if you were type 1, without insulin, what would happen? Back then, before we had insulin, they'd die. It was a death sentence. A lot of people died. Yeah. So tell us about it. Like, what did you discover mm-hmm. as you were kind of looking at some of the research and the history around insulin as well as type, how it relates to type 1 yeah. diabetics. And it's pretty it's pretty interesting. And, and, you know, 100 years ago, right, 1921 was where I found they they successfully, two, two I was a surgeon as a young guy, um, Frederick uh, Banting and Banting. Charles Best. And they, 1921, were able to successfully, you know, um, extract insulin from a dog. And what they were able to do with that is then they were able to treat a diabetic, another dog, a, a, di- a dog that had symptoms of, or diabetes, and they treated him successfully. And so and that was in 1921. So it's not, I mean, yes, it's 100 years ago, but it's really not that long ago where if you were diagnosed with diabetes, that was a death sentence. That was it. You had weeks, maybe months no, to it live. it was over. I yeah. Mean- and um, so from that, from being able to extract the insulin from the pancreas of a, of a dog, um, they were able to then take it a step further um, and then get it from cattle and then, then use it to treat. Uh, the first patient was a 14-year-old boy, and they were able to successfully treat him. And I think that they said that he lived for another 13, 14 years, um, which was unheard of at that time to live that long. And um, but th- I think that's the really the interesting thing is that not too long ago, there was just nothing that you could do if you had diabetes. That was it. Yeah, if you if you were type one, mm-hmm. meaning your body didn't produce insulin. Right. Yes. Right. Then it was a death sentence. Right. Um, so let's share with people mm-hmm. where this discovery took place. Canada. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so Canadians, I know, yes. are very proud of the work Banting mm-hmm. Uh, did mm-hmm. uh, there are some people who believe that Banting, even though they won the Nobel Peace Prize, they did um, yeah. that they are not the real. Um, they shouldn't get the credit for discovering yes. this. I it, saw some of that in the research. There's a little bit of uh, like kind of bantering about who really gets credit for for discovering it. Right. Yeah. Well, their names go down in history. Yeah. And since we have the insulin, mm-hmm. right, that now can be injected, which is a good thing. Right. Okay. And, and, and for those who are new to this understanding, mm-hmm. type 1, when you're a type 1 diabetic, yeah. your body is not producing insulin. So now we have insulin that can help you live and thrive and, and live a long yeah. productive life yes so insulin is not a bad thing right it's a storage hormone mm-hmm. but it's looked at as a negative because people who aren't type one mm-hmm. they can produce insulin right 
and they get to a place in their life where they kind of burn out those beta cells. Yes. Um, and their body's not responding to the insulin that they're secreting. Right. And they could get to a place where now they have to inject insulin mm-hmm. to get the same job done. Yeah. It's uh it's it's so interesting I just in looking into it and and the different or not only the difference of between the type 1 and type 2 but just the progression of it too. Even when we go back to insulin just how much it's progressed over those years over the past 100 years and um you know I think it was 1978 was the first time that they were able to create the synthetic uh you know human um insulin. Okay. Because before that now, Was that were, Eli Lilly? Did they, are they the ones responsible for that? I'm not sure, but it was okay. in 1978. And before that, because I guess people were still having, or some people were potentially having allergic reactions to, you know, the insulin that was derived from from cattle. And so been able to do it with, you know, synthetically, I think, and they actually used E. coli as a bacteria, which is interesting. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that was 1978. That's not that long ago. No. You know? Um, and I think when I, when I think about it, you know, being a little girl, like in elementary school, if there was, I remember if there, if there were kids in class that were diabetic, it was a, it was like a big deal that we all hadn't had to know that. It's kind of interesting, you know. And now we're at a place where they have little pumps yes. that are just attached to them. Mm-hmm. They could, and they don't even got to think about it. Right. Yeah, it's come a long way, definitely. In fact, one of my clients that sh- she wears she wears diabetic uh, or a, a pump insulin pump. And she's type one. She's type one. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now, how has your work with her gone? Oh, like has a diet for life method worked just perfectly for her? Have you great. made any adjustments? Well, it's worked great for her. It's, uh, the short, uh, the short answer is it worked great for her. We did have to adjust um, how much and when she was, you know, taking in her fast carbs. Um, but otherwise, in getting getting her adequate amount of protein, getting her to eat throughout the day, you know, regularly throughout the day, um, and watching her portions, um, she's done great. She's dropped weight. She's dropped body fat. Um, her, she's using less of her insulin. In fact, she was when I was telling you that um, before working with me at night, her alarm would go off. Her her low blood sugar alarm. Her, it was too low. Right. Um, that's been that hasn't been happening as often, and some nights not at all. And so her husband is is thankful for that. Oh, nice. Yeah. And so she's she's loving it. In fact, we just renewed um, to keep her going another another four weeks because she's loving it, and she actually knows now how to eat for for her. Whereas before, she always felt like she was guessing, well, should I do this? Well, so-and-so is doing this. Maybe I can try that. And it was just hurting her. She said her blood sugar levels were all over the place and feeling horrible. And and now we're focusing on her and taking care of her. And she's so happy. So there you go, you guys. So type 1 diabetic, Mm -hmm. type 2 diabetic. Mm -hmm. Have you heard about the upcoming type 3 diabetic? You've mentioned it, yes. <laughs> yes. Well, they're, play- they're playing with the idea uh-huh. that a type 3 diabetic would be someone with Alzheimer's. Yes, that's right. And then with Alzheimer's, they now know conclusively mm-hmm. that there is a connection between either becoming uh, someone who has Alzheimer's mm-hmm. uh, or improving your Alzheimer's, the relationship with gut bacteria. Wow. So when people say, I feel it in my gut... You do feel it in your gut. Evidently, yeah. So we have the type one. We get it. Then we have the type two. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, the numbers are staggering. Yeah. You and I both are coaching people who are type one and type two. Yes. And we're getting amazing outcomes. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to a type one and a type two, have you noticed? Um, 
have any of your clients said, wow, I didn't think I would ever eat that again? A hundred percent. A hundred percent of the time. Hands down. It's, okay, it's, well, like, give us an example because, and then I'll give an example. Let's go, let's banter back and forth. I think one of the first things that I've heard is someone wanting, they love cereal and they want cereal or they want a sandwich, actually, just a sandwich. And they've been told they can't have it and they're, they're never going to be able to have it. And when we sit down and we talk about how to, you know, plan their day with whether it's, you know, their meals and, and how to portion them out, how to combine the foods that they actually love to eat, they're actually kind of, like scared I guess at first because they've been programmed to think that I can never have this this bread ever right you know and so they're a little they're a little leery and kind of skeptical of it and when they realize after you know even just a few days of doing it they're just their mind's blown they can't believe it and um and like I said um like actually with the client that I was talking about earlier she's you know just another example of the fact that she's so happy that now she knows how to eat that but make it work for her, right? You know, and, and and not feel like she's being pulled in a million different directions by what so and so was telling or mm. things like that. And but anyway, for sure. Like, what about you? What about some of your clients? What do they? Well, say? as soon as you said cereal, so I, the first person I was thinking of as a type <laughs> one diabetic mm-hmm. is one of the Diafy Life coaches, Don. Uh huh. Um, you know Don. Don. Yeah, Don in Arkansas. Oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> now, is her name Don? Or am I like losing my mind? I, I'm a I'm a B12. Dana. Dana. Ah! <laughs> I'm like, who is Don? <laughs> See, I am missing out See, on the. See, you need B12. <laughs> I need B12. So I'm like, who is Don? Dana. Dana, Dana who's a diet life coach. Her, I think one of her first clients was her husband. Yeah. And he's a type one diabetic, mm-hmm. and I remember talking to her on the phone, <laughs> and and he had seen her go through the program. So she was a a client first, then became a coach, mm-hmm. and then you know, started teaching him. Mm-hmm. And then part of her teaching with him was cereal. Got them all excited. <laughs> yes. Because they he didn't he thought it was bad to eat cereal. Mm-hmm. Uh white potatoes. Yeah. You know, and they're in Arkansas. So they're eating a whole bunch of stuff that most people uh who are overly concerned about their nutrition believe you can't eat those foods anymore. Right. And they're not healthful for you. Yeah. But in reality they are. And he went on to lose 40 pounds. Mm-hmm. There is no food that's forbidden for him because, as you said, he knows how to eat foods in combinations, combining foods so that it doesn't have his blood sugar level spiking too high. Mm-hmm. And he's eating frequently enough that they're not dropping too low. Yes. Now, we give Canada the credit for, you know, insulin. Mm-hmm. But the Canadians also created something else for diabetics. You want to take a guess? Drum roll, drum roll. I'm not good now. I'll let you have it. They created the glycemic index. Oh. So the glycemic index came about in 1981. See, again, not right? that long ago. And for those who are new to the glycemic index, mm-hmm. it's a index, uh, or not an index, that's for number. Yeah. It's a list of all carbohydrate foods. Mm-hmm. And it's all based on 50 grams of carbs, which I know you noticed, but I'm saying this for the, the viewers. Yes. And they, would, they looked at glucose, pure sugar, mm-hmm. and gave it the number 100. Mm-hmm. And if a food was like a white potato was 95, <laughs> then that's considered high. Mm-hmm. So diabetics would avoid a white potato. They would also avoid white bread. 
they would also avoid white rice mm -hmm. because the number was higher. Right. The big problem with the glycemic index, and this for everybody to finally get this, yeah. is that it's based on consuming a single food and it's not based on what you eat with the food. Yes. So, amen. Should I say that one more time? I say it one more time. Kay. Break it down. The glycemic index is based on is carb based on carbohydrates, mm -hmm. and the goal was to educate diabetics so they had an idea what foods they you know to avoid, mm -hmm. right? So, if a white potato is given a number ninety five, they're like, oh, that's going to cause your blood sugar yeah. levels to go up. Yes. Um, glucose one hundred. That's ninety five. <laughs> Stay away from it. Yeah. Um, and it's based on a single food, and it's based on 50 grams of carbs mm -hmm. at a single time. And the reason why I'm stressing single, 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 is because when you add something to the food, and there's so many scientific studies around this, mm. like if you eat that carbohydrate with protein, the right. protein, steak, fish, chicken, tofu, and the list goes on and on, mm -hmm. will slow down how fast the carb become sugar in the blood right when you eat that white potato with broccoli the fiber in the broccoli yes. and the protein is going to also help slow down how fast the carb becomes sugar in the blood mm -hmm. and one of the best examples of this is when you look at the glycemic index and you see a white potato uh -huh. is given a number 95 right and that can change based on how ripe or unripe the potato is. Okay. Right? <clears throat> so what potato are we talking about? Mm -hmm. And that's where a lot of people get confused. And, and I'll give you an example with banana. Yeah. But with the potato is given a number 95. Right. And potato chips <laughs> that are processed that come from the potato are given a number 55. So based on the glycemic index, I would be better off to consume the potato chips than to consume the potato right. that God made possible <laughs> that I dig right out of the ground mm -hmm. and eat it. Yep. There's a problem. Yes. So then with our clients, what we do is we say, hey, yeah. we know you're eating it with protein, so you're good. Mm -hmm. But if you added some butter, yeah. then you would see the, the glycemic impact similar to eating a potato chips because chips are not pure carbs. They have fat or oil woven into it, right. which slows down how fast a chip becomes sugar in the blood. Yes. Now, I'm speaking this <laughs> slow yeah. because I'm thinking about the people who are watching this for the first time, yeah. <laughs> watching and hearing it. So it's not that Barbara is not, not smart. <laughs> <laughs> Slow it down I'm for just, me. I'm slowing it down. Yes. So, <laughs> so then I brought, okay, so, so that being said. Yeah. Did that surprise you? And I'm sure you educate your clients on stuff like this. Oh, I have to tell you whether it's my clients or in fact, remember I shared with you just recently, I sat down with my mom and dad, went over the methodology with them. That is probably one of the favorite things that they like to, to or the one of the favorite things from learning the methodology that they're so enlightened by that. My clients, hands down, they love that when we go over that together. And it's like this epiphany. They're like, oh, like the clouds parted and the sun is now shining on them. They realize like, oh, okay, well, well, wow, that makes sense. I wish I would have known that it, it a, makes, a year ago or whatever, you know? Well, you know, it was also surprising. Like uh -huh. oftentimes I'm in a room with a bunch of physicians mm. and I'm thinking of these three physicians I was with in Memphis, Tennessee. 
and I was walking them through the methodology and I showed them some pancakes uh -huh. and I was giving them examples of fat burning meals, like how our clients are able to eat certain foods, <laughs> combining the foods a certain way mm -hmm. and losing weight, improving blood glucose, all of those things. Right. Mm -hmm. And when I brought up the pancakes, I, this one physician, I mean, he almost fell over. He stopped everything. He was like, no, no, my, my, my patients cannot eat that. Oh, oh, I see. Wow. Because he didn't understand the method. Oh. He was using an old doctrine, the tradition of avoiding pancakes, avoiding white potatoes, avoiding certain foods. Oh. Uh, because mm -hmm. that's the norm in the diabetic world. Right. Yeah. Whereas he wasn't even listening. And his son was a type one diabetic. Oh, and wow. actually, no, he's a type 2 diabetic. Okay. And I said, hey, look, why don't we take a break? It's time for lunch. And I'll go get food for everybody. And I'm going to bring back fat-burning meals. Uh -huh. And your son is going to check his glucose an hour, two hours after. And we're going to see how this meal, if it negatively affects his blood glucose. Oh, wow. Because this is what we do with our clients. When they have disbelief, I'll say, you know what? You're the best client because you're monitoring your glucose. Mm -hmm. And you will know mm -hmm. as you eat these meals, you will know when you wake up tomorrow yeah. if what we're saying is real. Exactly. So we did that. I went to Wendy's because that was the nearest restaurant. Oh, wow. And I came back with Wendy's like food. And I had various options. Uh -huh. And he ate the meal. Everybody ate it. And they were in disbelief. They're like, wait a minute, this is a weight loss nutrition guy. Like You're bringing us like Wendy's. Wendy's. <laughs> they ate it. And then I explained the method and the science that supported what I was saying. Yeah. And his blood glucose was good. The rest wow. of that evening, we, we had a great time and we ended up doing some work together. That's a great story. And it's a true story. Wow. You know, the proof is, uh, proof is in the pudding. For sure. As they say. Yeah. But it's the glycemic mm -hmm. index that brings us together. Mm -hmm. And it's the glycemic index that also separates us and keeps certain key influencers apart. And what I mean by oh, that yeah. is that the American Medical Association mm -hmm. does not look at the glycemic index as science. Mm. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Want to take a guess on why? Like why they don't see it as science? Mm, and you're a scientist. I know. Right? I really, I don't have a good answer for so that. So as I share this, it'll make total sense. Yeah. Science, right, is proven, right? You have certain things in place. Mm -hmm. You can predict the outcome based on the fact that you're dealing with That's science. That's true. That's true. Right? So a lot of mathematics, yeah. chemistry. Models. Mod it's, and you get it. Right. Remember when I said the white potato is given a number 95, if the white potato was more ripe than the other potato, then it would be like 98. Oh, gotcha. And when you look at bananas, you see this in, in, in a big way, right? right? So you have bananas. When a banana is closer to green, mm -hmm. it will be higher in starch and lower in sugar. Um. When the banana starts to spot and is brown and it starts getting darker, yeah, when, yeah. You, when you look at it, it's higher in sugar and lower in starch. Okay. And sugar and starch at the end of the day are the same in the blood, mm -hmm. but they process and break down totally at a different, different. rate. Oh, wow. Okay. So what banana? They would have to take every possible banana mm. all over the world. And there's a lot of varieties of bananas. Right. 
they would have to look at the green one, the one that's like a little bit yellow, like all the way down to the one with all the spots. Right. And they would have to all sync up for them to say a banana is given the glycemic index number okay. of a set of 70. So there's too much variability then. That's it. Okay, and so that's, that makes sense and then. And that's the problem. Ah. So it'll never be that, but yet a lot of people refer to it. Like if you watch Weight Watchers, Jenny, mm-hmm. uh, Jenny Craig, Nutrisystem, oftentimes the science that they bring up when they're talking about their program is the glycemic index. Yeah, and it's just an incomplete picture. It's incomplete. Right. However, with anything that's approaching science mm-hmm. or things in the past, with the Diary Life method, mm-hmm. we looked at the glycemic index. Then we looked at the glycemic load. Right. And then we came up with a way to, to classify or categorize foods so that it'd be easy for your clients, my clients, and everyone else to right. combine food without even having to think about it yeah. to get this outcome that works for everybody no matter where they're at. Right. Like just, just knowing those, Boom. those. Yeah, that's awesome. And just knowing those food categories, right? Especially for each person. They know of the foods that they like because everybody's different. Like I might like chicken, right? Well, we know you like chicken. I like chicken. But not everybody does. But if you know what kind of protein sources that you like or my clients like, they make that work for them. And they understand, okay, this is what I have to have in this meal. This is how much I need to have in this meal. And then I'm good. And it's just, it, it's so easy. Once they realize and they get it, how easy it is, they're, I, I hear this all the time too, that they wish that they would have learned this ages ago. And it's so simple. And it really is. You know, it's like, um, I know you've heard this story, but I'll never forget when we took, you know, 60 first graders. <laughs> and in 45 minutes, um, we gave them a pass or fail mm-hmm. after we taught them how to make a fat burning meal, how to combine the foods. Uh-huh. Inside of 45 minutes, all 60 kids, first graders, scored pass. <laughs> That's awesome. All. All of them. Then we took the teachers. Less than 50% of the teachers passed. Yep. Why do you think that is? They just overcomplicated it. Yes. Totally. They start overthinking and overanalyzing. And well, what about this? And what about that? And all that extra noise. You know, all that, they, that, yeah, all that, that past and background. For sure. And then they, they bring that in and they just can't answer a really simple question. Well, you know, it's, it's funny when you were just saying that. I, I remember when I used to train coaches like early on. Uh-huh. I used to always share with them. I said, I want you to go with this visual. Mm-hmm. And the visual is that when your client walks in or the prospect who you want to be a client, uh-huh. I want you to imagine they have a lot of bags on their back. Huh. Baggage. Baggage. And in one bag is Atkins diet. And another bag is Weight Watchers. And another bag <laughs> is uh, Jenny Craig. And right. another bag is Keto diet. Yes. They bring in a lot of baggage. And the more mature they are, mm-hmm. I would have the coaches visualize there's more bags. That's a great tool. <laughs> <laughs> I have some clients with a ton of baggage like that, for sure. And what you have to do is you got to slowly, mm-hmm. you know, remove the bags, go yeah. inside the bags, and with their newfound understanding, help them break through or have clarity right. on what's real about that and what's not real. Yes, I heard this, uh, I read this quote, it, it talked about how, and I, I really, uh, it res- resonated with me, it talked, to, it said, you know, for my goal is to educate and empower versus convince, and uh, what was the other, it was a C word, convince and um, 
darn it. But basically you get what I'm saying, like to try to convince and, and um, pull someone where really what we're doing is we're educating and empowering them right. in, this, in this methodology. And that's, I think it's everything. Well, I'll get know, that other C word. I, re- I can't remember what it was. Well, you remember Harriet Tubman. Yes. Right. So Harriet Tubman, uh, I talk about her a lot. Mm-hmm. And she taught me a lesson because mm-hmm. she was quoted once for saying, if I could have convinced more slaves that they were slaves, I could have freed thousands more. Mm-hmm. It's so profound when you think about that. Mm-hmm. And I know you get it, but I'm going to say it one more time. She says, if I could have convinced. So the first lesson in all of that is that I'm not in the business of trying to convince you. That's right. I'm not there Mm -hmm. because I know it ain't going to work. Right. So she said, if I could have convinced more people Mm -hmm. that they were slaves, I could have freed thousands more. So Mm -hmm. she was going into these, these homes late at night, whispering, talking about freedom. Right. And these people, like, how do you know what freedom is? Yeah. If you've never experienced right, it. They, knew, they didn't know any different. Right. I mean, you may not like how it felt to get whipped or mm-hmm. being out there doing the cotton. You, it, there's got to be something different. But mm-hmm. you have, there's no, where's your reference for freedom? Right. Yeah. Right? Makes sense. Where, where is your reference? Mm-hmm. And so that's challenging. But I also know that as we work with people, Mm-hmm. And there's people who are watching us have this conversation. Yeah. They know that it's got to be better than what they've experienced. Oh, hell yeah. And so if they open up and let us show them the way. Yeah. They can have freedom. Absolutely. That's great. No, that's that's absolutely it. And so I, you're, you're Moses. I'm Moses. <laughs> because that's what they called her. That's right. I'm you're freeing people. That's right. I'm BK. I'm Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're giving people an opportunity to yeah. experience freedom yeah. with food. It's so powerful. It really, it really is. It's such a, and it, I'm so grateful for that position or to be in that position. And when I see people, when they, like I said, it's like they get this epiphany, you know, and this, this, this weight taken off their shoulder, they, their shoulders, they, they're seeing results. They're, you know, they're experiencing that freedom with food and, you know, more a more, I say, healthier relationship with food that it's not if you eat this, you're going to be crucified if you eat it. It's not about that. And just those minor tweaks along the way, those minor changes, mindset, all that. um, It's just it's really neat to see when people kind of transform that way. Well, you know, there's um, there's always a story connected to a lot of the words that we use regularly. Mm -hmm. So for instance, we talk about freedom with food. Mm -hmm. And if you've noticed, many of your clients probably have volunteered that word, freedom. Absolutely. And I can remember the first time um, one of our clients opened my eyes to the word freedom as it relates to food. Mm. And it was before I did my very first infomercial. Um, or maybe it was around the time I was writing the very first book, mm-hmm. I would ask clients, hey, so what do you like most about Diet Free Life? Like, hmm. w- like what is different with Diet Free Life than other things? Yeah. And it was this one lady, uh, and, and I apologize, I can't remember her name, but she was really smart. Mm-hmm. Um, she was an entrepreneur. She ended up getting married. She decided to leave that space, uh-huh. and they had a daughter, and the husband was an entrepreneur, so he was working mostly, okay. and she was a stay-at-home mom. 
but she's still this really smart, intelligent lady. Yes. And I remember one day I had asked her, and she looked at me, Robert. She goes, Robert, it's freedom. It's it's freedom with food. Like this program is 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 about freedom. It's not about restriction and and deprivation. Right. And when she first said it, I remember going, what is she talking about? Because <laughs> <Right? Yeah. laughs> it wasn't, it resonated, but it didn't, it wasn't what I wanted to hear. Oh. You know, it's kind of like when I was told by this infomercial company, they go, Robert, find out what your clients like most about you. Uh-huh. And the majority of the time, it would be, you're motivating, Robert. Yeah. I always leave lifted. Yeah. That's not what I wanted to hear. <laughs> what, would, what did you want to hear? I wanted them to say, wow, you're just so knowledgeable about nutrition. Oh. Man, you really like know this stuff. Like I wanted them to focus on that. Yeah. So when they were talking about motivation <laughs> and, and uh, inspiring them, uh-huh. that is not what I wanted to hear, Barbara. You're like, damn it. Yeah, that was not it. <laughs> but fast forward, I remember years later going, they're right. Yeah. A big part of who I am is a natural ability to motivate people, to get them to to do it. Yeah. And same with this lady. She was 100% on point. The difference between what we do with people Mm -hmm. and all the other programs out there. Yeah. There's one word, freedom. Freedom. Yeah. Freedom. And, you know, last point I'll make on this before we move on is I'll never forget Having die for your life on my shirt when I would go to like Kinko's or FedEx or, you know, go different places. Right. And I had my company the company name on it. Mm-hmm. And I would walk in and for years people would go, so what does that mean? <laughs> and I would have to explain it. Yeah. And then I remember the moment when people would see it and they go, hey, how can I get some of that? Really? It was like. I, we stayed the course and eventually mm-hmm. that's what people wanted they yeah. wanted they got it they understood it mm-hmm. as soon as they saw it yeah and you know it's interesting because actually today I met with uh, one of the client sessions I had today she just completed her first seven days and she was explaining to me she's feeling great she's sticking to the plan but she was telling me that she had a chat with her mom on the phone the other day and her mom was asking her so how is it all going and she said uh, you know um, compared to all the other diets I've done in the past, because she's she's one that has a lot of baggage, um, she's like I don't feel like that at all. I don't feel like I'm restricted at all, and and she's doing great now. Again, it's her first seven days, but she said her energy levels are good. Um, nice. We're picking up exercise this coming week. We're starting to layer that onto her program. And she's she's super excited about it. She loves the fact that she, and she's one who likes her cereal in the morning and just little tweaks of what she can have with her cereal um, just made all the difference for her. It was just something that simple. All the difference. Yeah. You know, yesterday I was being interviewed um, by this radio host. Mm -hmm. It was an hour long interview. Oh, wow. And the lady was so fascinated with Die Free Life. (laughs) I mean, like just so fascinated. And where we ended up spending most of our time was in an area that had her rethinking everything. Wow. Right? Because <laughs> we were talking about, you know, people um, like African-Americans, Latinos, mm-hmm. disproportionately uh, dying as a result of COVID-19. 
Okay. And so she wanted me to like share information on why I believe that was the case. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the things that a lot of these communities are dealing with? Uh, and I went right to under-resourced communities right. where people have financial challenges. Mm-hmm. And in her mind, the white rice would be wrong, mm. right? Because brown rice, organic wild rice would be ideal. I see. Um, and as we started talking and I was explaining, she was like, I'm starting to think, rethink everything. And then what made her rethink it is I said, we go to people and we do this one thing that most people that you know, I'm talking to her, mm-hmm. can't do. And she was like, well, what's that? And I said, I don't care if they are a registered dietitian in Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. I don't care like w- w- what school they went to, how much training they have, how long they've been doing it. Mm-hmm. And not all. So I'm not blanking all people. Yeah. Because we're not the only ones who get this. But what we do that no one else does. Do you, you know what I'm going to say? I think so. All right, say it. We meet people where they are. Wow. Whoa, look at Barbara. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> we meet people. And I said, that's very difficult to do. Yeah. And I, I asked her, I said, so what are, like, give me an example of a meal that you eat. And she goes, salmon, um, Brussels sprouts, asparagus. I said, do you realize that there's a lot of people in their 20s, their 30s, their whole life, they've never eaten salmon. Yep. And they don't even know what asparagus asparagus looks like. Yeah. I said, so when you meet someone where they are, Mm -hmm. you are putting on their shoes and you're looking at life from their eyes. Mm -hmm. Right? So that empathy and compassion now is part of everything. Yeah. That's the only way you can do that. Yes. And so if they're going to eat a Twinkie, Mm-hmm. because they like them, you're not going to get them to stop eating Twinkies. Exactly. So show them how to eat Twinkies in the healthiest exactly. way. Show them how to eat it. Boom. I mean, yeah, that is absolutely right on. And something that I've seen as a coach now, how much food judgment's out there, food shaming is out there. It, it really is. Oh, and there's... It's it's horrible. Yeah, and uh, and I and I get that. Like when I and I come across whether they're influencers or, or what, and they could be highly educated, like you said, but there's some foods that they might be, you know, touting. That there's people, you know, in the states all all over the world, really, that are like, what the hell is that? They don't even know what that is. You know, it doesn't make sense to them. And so, um, yeah, meeting people where they are is is everything. And when you say empathy, it's like, oh, yes, empathy for the whatever the situation that they're in, but also empathy for what and like they what they like to eat. Right. You know, because, you know, as I was talking to this lady. Yeah. She was so I mean, she was so and it made me feel good because I hadn't done an interview in a while. And then she was she was so intrigued. Uh She goes, "Okay, what was the moment? What when was your light bulb moment, Robert, when you realize you want to meet people where they are? And I said, I remember it like it was yesterday. Because when I first started doing this, right? Mm-hmm. So in 1995, when I was getting my feet wet in the mm-hmm. world of nutrition and weight loss, mm-hmm. I was a um, food Nazi. <laughs> so I had a belief that if it's white, it ain't right. It ain't right. So don't add any white uh-huh. salt. Stay away from white flour. Yep. Uh, don't eat white rice. Oof. Um, 
stay away from the pasta. Mm -hmm. So I was like a lot of people today are. Oh, for sure. That's really common. And so I had this client. She was from the Philippines. Uh Uh-oh. She hadn't been here in the States long. Uh And she had heard about my program. So she came. Mm -hmm. She paid. And she was leaving. And one of my buddies was there. And he's (laughs) an executive chef. And she turned around. She says, Robert, quick question. Drum roll. (laughs) The quick question was, so no white rice for the first 21 days. And I said, you got it. No white rice. (laughs) And she left. Uh Uh-huh. Never saw her again. She's like, see ya. And I'll never forget Chef Eric. He goes, she's never coming back. I go, why would you say that? And he said, you just removed something from her where she has a cultural relationship Mm. with. And you said, don't eat that. It's a staple. She's been eating white rice breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yes. You know, and I've been to the Philippines, and that's yeah, what I saw. Know. They eat white rice all the time. Yes. And that's when I realized that we must meet people where they are. That's awesome. And then when you start digging mm-hmm. and not just following the herd, you find out that people who live the longest in this world, mm-hmm. they eat white rice. Mm, yeah. Um, they've never seen brown rice. It's something about North America where we are just caught up in whole wheat, uh, brown rice, right. um, whole wheat pasta. Mm. Like the more brown it is, the better. Yeah. And the reality is that's not necessarily the, the case. Right. Um, but in America or North America, that's that's the way it is. Yeah. And so... In my house, we eat white rice. Mm-hmm. That's the preferred food. Yeah, jasmine rice. Yum. I like jasmine, and I like brown rice. I do too. You know, I like I like, and I used to eat wild rice. So it's more of like in our house, it's not about a food being bad or good. Mm-hmm. It's about how much does it taste good. Yeah, like your preference, really. Yeah. Yeah. Because I get that. Actually, I get that comment quite a bit for someone who's just trying to figure things out with respect to: Is it should I have white rice? Should I have brown? And they like both. And I'll tell them, like, if you like both, switch it up. Just whatever you choose. Just keep it in the right portion and keep it in the right combination and you're, you're good. Don't worry about whether it's brown or white. Whatever you're going to eat and actually stick to is what's more important. And it works. It absolutely does. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing. So anyway, so Barbara. Yeah. There's one other thing I want to talk about in today's show. Oh, what's that? I want to talk about. The cray cray around losing weight. The cray, the cray cray. The cray cray. There is cray cray. Yeah. Yeah. Let's the talk cray about cray it. The cray cray about losing weight. Okay. That means some of the weirdest, craziest stories I have heard um, from people who they've done it to lose the weight. Yes. So, so I'll kick off. Okay. And we can go back and forth. All right. Now, as we share this, everyone who's listening in, we're not sharing this for you to go do it. Right. <laughs> I would not recommend you do what we're about to share. That's right. Okay. Um, I once had a client uh-huh. who was a dancer, and she was a dancer for many years, uh-huh. like ballet, like New York, like high-level performer. Mm-hmm. And she, was, she ended up doing this program and was very happy with it. Okay. Uh, and one day we were talking. Oh, no, it was in, when I first met her. I said, what are some, have you ever dieted, and what are some of your diets? You know how yeah. we do that in the interview yes. process. yep. And she shared some crazy things that dancers do. 
And one of them was, she says, well, the one that worked best for me is that she would get orange juice uh-huh. uh, and cotton balls. So she would take the cotton ball and she would, you know, wet it, wet it with the orange juice. And then she would put it in her mouth and use the orange juice to down the cotton ball. Oh, it would give her a sense of fullness. Fullness, yeah. And um, that's what she would do to to lose the weight. Oh my goodness! And I said, did you ever have any like obstruction? Health? Yeah, like, like God. any problems? She says, yeah, I was doing it a lot, and oh. I had to go and um, get a, a few procedures done. I was going to say probably some surgery to. Yeah. Jeez, oh, so, that's crazy. And trust me, there's some dancers going. Yep. Cotton balls. Cotton balls. Wow. So you want to share one? I've got, well, one, this is way before my coaching days. It was actually when I was in aerospace. And I remember this, our um, our admin, so our team admin, she had some weight to lose. Um, and she had been struggling for a while. And I noticed that she, maybe like at some point, I just started noticing that she was losing weight. And she was always carrying this jug of like this massive like Tupperware type jug of some juice concoction. And she was explaining to me what, you know, at the time she said, yeah, I got to lose weight. It's like this 21 day or 28 day thing where you basically just drink that. You probably heard of it. It's like uh, water, cayenne pepper, oh, the master cleanse. Yeah. That she, yeah, it was that. And that's all she did for <laughs> basically 21, 28 days. And she did, she lost weight, but I remember her being miserable, just miserable and looking like, <laughs> like a walking, like her eyes were sunken in and then once she was B12 done with twelve deficiency. That's right. And then once she was done with that, I remember when, and I remember at the time, like I said, this was way before coaching days. And we're just thinking, how is that good for you in, in any way, shape, or form? But she was so desperate to drop weight. And sure enough, though, she got down to whatever weight she was sort of happy with, feeling pretty good, and literally just put it all back on, all maybe within back. like a month or two. And then some. And then she was even more upset. But that was probably one of the, that I saw in person, because I've heard people doing that, but I actually saw her bring that jug, drink that gross concoction. So now I'm thinking of like yeah. that look in her face, that paleness, mm-hmm. B12 deficiency. Yeah. So think about the lack of variety of food that mm-hmm. she's getting during that time and the disruption that's and taking place in her gut bacteria. Oh. Um, very sad. Totally. Not and, a good thing. And low energy. I remember she would be dragging at work. Just, <laughs> I mean, I laugh. It's not funny, but it was, it was, it was, it was a sight to see. And when you think about it, there's people today that are mm-hmm. still doing that. I mm-hmm. mean, Beyonce made it um, very popular at one point. Mm. Uh, they said, or it was reported, allegedly, oh. that she used the master cleanse to lose all that weight before she did um, Dream Girls. Oh, that because nice. she had to be really thin. And that waist. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so they're saying that that's what she did. So then all these people were jumping on board. Hey. And what I get from that, which ties into like the another one I hear about all the time. Yeah. Um, is you know people taking laxatives. Oh yeah. And almost living on them, mm-hmm. creating that disturbance, getting all that water inside of their. Mm-hmm. Their stool and just, and just that's horrible. Yeah, to do that. Mm-hmm. But whether it's the cotton balls, whether it's a master cleanse, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's um, you know laxatives, mm-hmm. whether it's just starving themselves. I was say starving. <laughs> um, they're doing it because they want to lose the weight. For sure. And 
it means a lot to them to lose the weight. Mm. So they will do, they will take drastic steps to get it done. Mm -hmm. Because I believe, and maybe you think differently, but when you're, you know, downing cotton balls, you're at a place where you want it so bad. Mm-hmm. And you also know, because you're not crazy, and right. innately you know that this is not a good thing. Absolutely. But as my cousin once told me, mm-hmm. he says, hey, let me lose the weight first unhealthfully, <laughs> and then I'll learn your program and get healthy. It makes no damn sense. <laughs> like, and I've heard that to some degree, the, the same type of mentality, and you're just like... You don't even hear yourself. No. It's like you're crazy. And they can't even hear the fact that you can still eat what you just ate mm-hmm. and lose the weight. Yeah. No, that's. It goes against. It goes like what we do and, and teach <laughs> people. It goes against almost everything. It's an uphill battle. For sure. Um, and that's why it's. But people, once they learn about it, they go, okay, I can do that. Yeah. And all it is is learning how to combine foods mm-hmm. in a way. Mm-hmm. right proportion that your body is in what we refer to as fat burning mode. It's really that simple. It, it really is. It's, it's just that simple. It really just comes down to that. It comes down to that. It just comes down to that. Um, Jack LaLanne, I'll never forget when I, one of the first times I met him, mm-hmm. we, were t- uh, we were talking about weight loss and losing weight and he was asking me questions about yeah. what I did and how we did it. And he goes, <clears throat> he goes, you're already rich. And I go, I'm not, I'm not sure what you're asking me, I mean, what you're saying, Jack. Yeah. He goes, oh, you're rich. And I was like, no, I'm not rich. <laughs> <laughs> he, goes, he goes, would you give me that arm for a million dollars? I said, uh, no. Uh, no. He goes, so you're rich. There you go. And I was like, okay, oh. I get what you're saying. He goes, and think about it, he goes, weight loss is easy. If you have a lot of hair, just cut the hair off, and you'll be light on the scale. <laughs> if you want to lose a quick five, ten pounds, just take your arm off. Cut a limb off. Yeah, give up, you know, a kidney, you know. Right. There's a lot of ways to lose weight. Yeah. But if you want to get healthier. Yeah. And you want to maximize all the things that come with this life that we get to live, mm-hmm. then nutrition, how you eat, the how your body is made up, the composition. Yes activity how you exercise take care of yourself Rest. how much sleep you're getting how much mm-hmm. water all of that plays a huge role and mm-hmm. um being able to live your best life yeah sure does so do you have any more crazy stories you want to share i'm just still thinking with the damn cotton balls that is crazy well i had okay i had this one <laughs> i had this one client um she told me this story which was absolutely crazy she's oh, a no. model and oh. she lived in New York, but they had to go out to some island far away somewhere. Uh-huh. And so she's over there, and she's feeling bloated. <clears throat> and they're getting ready to do the photo shoot in the next day or two. <laughs> oh, God. So she calls this friend of hers who has some ideas on how to lose weight, I guess. Oh, And geez. he says, well, go to the store and get this. She goes, there is no store. Oh, God. You, you gotta, like, what am I going to do? Yeah. And she goes, he goes, this is what you're going to do. Drink a lot of water. And get some garlic cloves. And you take the garlic clove, and you may need some help with this, but you're going to use the garlic as an edema. Oh. So you just stick it on up in there. <laughs> <laughs> that visual. <laughs> and she did it. Ugh. She did it because 
she wanted to lose the weight. She so, wanted to be lean. She wanted to look leaner. Just so desperate. People are desperate. They will do whatever is necessary. Mm-hmm. And that's why when I see someone overweight or I see someone struggling with their diabetes, yeah. even if they learn, even if they watch this show and they mm-hmm. hear us talking about it mm-hmm. and then they do nothing, I get it. I get yeah. it. It's it's the world we live in. Is, it's a tough one, man. Mm-hmm. And there's so much confusion. And it reminds me of that radio show, the the lady I was talking to, the host, she says, so Robert, like, so many people are overweight. Yeah. More now than ever. Mm-hmm. What do you think we can do to, like, fix it? And mm-hmm. I said, I don't, I don't see us fixing it. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, I didn't expect to hear that from you. <laughs> I said, well, here's the biggest challenge. The biggest challenge I think we're up against is that the uninformed, which is most people, right, are influenced by the misinformed. Yes. And I said, think about 45 minutes ago when I was first talking to you. Mm-hmm. And now move forward how misinformed you were before we had the conversation. Absolutely. And she was like, we got to have you back on the I show. I know. She's like, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. She no. said, we got to have you back on the show. Yeah. You know, and that ties into also when I hear people doing the cray-cray type diet things. And if they're parents, what's really mind-blowing is what they're doing with themselves. They would never subject their children to, right? So what right. does that say alone? That, oh, this is how I eat, but I would never, I would never put my kids through this. So then why is it good for you? And they don't. But, and you know what? It, you know? They would be okay with their kids doing it because... So, they would take drastic measures mm. if they saw their kids battling, which a lot of kids are battling with their weight. Mm. But what most parents don't know is that kids do what they see mm-hmm. and not necessarily what you tell them. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So my kids, they just naturally eat fat burning meals. Yeah. Like if you just watch them, they just naturally make it's fat burning so meals. Cute. They yeah. don't know any difference. Yeah. It would be odd if they had a meal with no slow carb vegetables. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they love their fast carbs. It'd be odd if there was no fast carb. Right. You know, it'd be odd. You know, they also know how to make fat burning meals that are vegan, where you don't have to have tofu or anything That's like great. that. They just, they just naturally got it. Yeah. You know, it's just, just, it's just the way it is. Just part of their DNA now. <laughs> it's just part of their DNA. Uh, they're, yeah, they're Ferguson's, right? <laughs> well, let's let's see if they can make it happen. Um, one thing that I would like to share um, about weight loss, since we touched on kids, okay. as we mm-hmm. prepare to come to a close. Yeah. Um, I once had a client. Mm-hmm. This lady, she lived in uh, Calabasas, Westlake area. Okay. So the demographic, that location, people got money. Yeah. And um, I'll never forget. <clears throat> um, she brought her daughter to me. And her daughter was, I think, 14. Mm -hmm. And she had some weight to lose. Mm -hmm. And the mom came in and she was like, I just don't understand it. She goes, her dad works out. I work out. We eat extremely healthy. I said, so what's what's healthy? Give me an example. Mm -hmm. You know, chicken breasts, uh, broccoli, you know, maybe a little bit of rice here and there. (laughs) She goes, but we don't have candy in the house. She goes, I just don't understand why my daughter is, is, is having this weight issue. I mean, is it genetics? Is it, we just don't, we're just lost. So we, we're coming to you for help. Yeah. So 
what are you thinking as I'm sharing and setting this up? Mm-hmm. Uh, anything come to mind? Like any guessing you want to about the daughter? Make? She's she's probably stressed around about food. I've seen her if they're if they're controlling with food, and she's probably sneaking things. She could be sneaking food. Well, this is what I told that lady. I said, when you go home today, mm-hmm. uh, when your daughter's not around, I want you to go in her room mm-hmm. and look under her bed, mm-hmm. look under her mattress. Now, if you find candy or certain things that oh. you didn't expect her to be eating, yeah. then I want you to not judge her. Don't even say a word. Just you communicate with me. Okay. And sure enough. She couldn't do it. She did go home. She did see it. And the first thing she did was she went to her teenage daughter and called her out on it. Oh. And now you have created a judgment. Yes. Food blaming. Yeah. That now will have that daughter hide the food somewhere else. Yep. She will then eat at friends' homes and she will just hide it. And that parent who is perfect with her eating is now playing a big role in her child growing up feeling that she needs to hide the food that she likes to eat. Yeah, like that closet eater. Yeah. Yeah. And so the mom, because of her perceived judgment, Mm -hmm. is causing way more harm than good, even though in her heart she wants to help her daughter. Yeah, her intentions are to help, but it's coming across as judgment and crucifying her, basically. And there's a lot of that. Yeah. Oh, wow. You know, a lot of that. You know, like when we, you know how when we did the coach training, yeah, um, we used to have these coach training sessions where I would become the client and then <laughs> you're the coach uh-huh. and every, you know, and everybody would watch and then we would make comments about how the interaction between right. the coach and the client. Mm-hmm. And so I had this one coach <laughs> who was vegan, okay. hardcore vegan, like oh. vegan, but he wants to be a coach. So you got to meet everybody where they are. Some people are going to eat chicken, they're going to eat steak, etc. Yes. So um, I want you, I want to role play so that people can see how this went down. Okay. Right. So you're the coach and you're just going to ask me about like, like, like my eating habits, kind of like the interview like okay. for breakfast, lunch. You yeah. Know. Right. So, so, hey, Robert, so let me know what kind of, uh, what do you like to eat for breakfast? What's your breakfast of choice? Well, I begin every day with um, T-bone steak. Um, I like to have steak with eggs, um, mm-hmm. and that's kind of how I get my day started. I mean, I will have a little bit of coffee, mm-hmm. um, and then that's kind of, but most, most days I'm eating steak and eggs. Oh, and I'm the vegan. You're the vegan <laughs> coach. <laughs> she passed out. <laughs> so what happened was on the outside, uh-huh. the vegan coach, you can see their face this, and their posture change. Like this? They were so judgmental. Like that? Yes. Uh-huh. And this coach couldn't get past that, so he never became a coach. Oh. Because he couldn't get past that block that he had. Right. Because if you weren't eating the way he eats, that, then what you're doing is wrong. Got it. So then I'm sure that potential client or whoever he might have talked to would just be like, geez, like yeah, they feeling would, really bad. People would pick up that energy mm-hmm. and they may not even understand why they don't want to work with this person, uh-huh. but they can feel that something's not gelling. Like it's just not, Yeah, we're not connected. Right. Right. Whereas when you can have freedom and you're not judging and you're open mm-hmm. and you're just asking and they can feel that you're not judging them, 
then they're going to feel like I can work with this person. Yeah. There's even times just kind of going back to that kind of questioning of a prospective client is um, just even sometimes that question alone. Hey, what do you like to eat for breakfast? Oftentimes I can read their body language. If they're already looking uptight that they're thinking, oh, is there a right or wrong answer? Because a lot of people think that there's a mm-hmm. right and wrong answer. I'll even reassure them and say, look, this this isn't right or wrong. This is just me getting to know you and kind of like what you like to eat. I have to really reassure right. them that. So I can imagine having a dang, the resting bitch face, really. You know, like Well, <laughs> I mean, and you know, like when we do the onboarding as far as with a new client, yeah, we ask questions and then we get to that one point where we say, okay, so when you are craving something and it's unhealthy, Right, right. But yeah. you you can't wait to eat it. What is it? What is it? Then they start to tell the truth. Right. Because Cheetos. because most of the time people <laughs> will tell you what they think you want to hear. I mean, hands down, for sure. And we're coaching their palate, mm-hmm. and that's what it's all about. Yeah. So, anyway, I had fun today. Yeah, it was good. Well, lots talk, to talk about. Lots to talk about, and there's always more. Sure. But the the call to action that I would give anyone who's type two diabetic. Mm-hmm anyone who's type 1 diabetic, Mm -hmm. anyone who just wants to learn how to eat regular, everyday food, but eat it in the combinations we're talking about to reach out to us. Mm -hmm. Follow us on Instagram. We're always posting pictures of meals and snacks. It gives you ideas. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Like it and share this. Yeah. Because what I'm telling people, Barbara, is that this show and the videos we post, Mm -hmm. like on YouTube, Our goal is to get people informed so they don't fall prey to those who are misinformed. Educate and empower. Amen. Yeah. Well, as always, we want to encourage all people to get healthy, um, be healthy. And stay healthy. And stay healthy. (laughs) Until the next one. Boom. Boom.